This is Stray Theater, Radio Boise's program for all things literary, performative, and dramatic. Going on right here in the Treasure Valley, Radio Boise is proud to present the first broadcast of a radio drama, Seven Keys to Bald Paint, performed by the Playhouse Performers of Boise. Seven Keys to Balpate, a mysterious melodramatic farce written in 1913 by George M. Cohen, based on the novel Seven Keys to Balpate by Earl Durr Biggers, adapted for radio by Robert C. Shields. Welcome to Balpate Inn, a summer resort in northern New York State. The year is 1915, and outside a winter storm is raging. And now, Seven Keys to Balpate. I think it's colder in here than it, than it is outside. I was going to say the same oh. thing, Elijah. Maybe we better open up the door and let in some warm air. You better not. The snow will blow all over the place. See if there's any logs over there and we'll build a fire. You know, Mother, I think my feet are froze. I, I can't feel them when I walk. I don't wonder. After that climb up the mountain, I'll never forget this night. I'm about perished. Any logs there? Oh, yeah, yeah plenty of them. I, I got this thing all ready anyway. I, I was going to build a fire when I was up here last week. I'll have them blazing in a minute if I can find them darn matches. I could swear I put the box of them in my pocket before I left the house. Oh, yep. <laughs> Here they are. You better light a lamp first so she can see what you're doing. Oh, that's a good idea. Eleven o'clock. Yeah, that's what it is. Eleven o'clock. That train's been in over twenty minutes already. I suppose it's the storm that delays him. Taint over a ten-minute walk up the mountain from the depot. Well, maybe the train's late on account of the storm. No, I heard it signal the crossing at Ascalon Junction a half hour ago. That fellow will be here before we know it. Uh, uh, light another lamp, will you, Mother, while I get this fire? Maybe we should have gone to the depot to meet him? No, we shouldn't have done nothing of the kind. The telegram just said to come here uh, to open up the place and have it ready for him. Them's the instructions, and them's the only things I follow is instructions. But what do you suppose anybody wants to be doing in a summer hotel on the top of a mountain in the dead of winter? Oh, Mother, you know I can't figure out nothing. If I could, I'd have been a multimillionaire years ago instead of an old fool caretaker. <laughs> D dust up a bit, will you, Mother, and make the place look a little respectable? The fire will be going all right in a minute now. Now, what's his name again? Uh, McGee, I think the telegram said. McGee. Uh, wait a minute, I'll make sure. Oh, give it to me. I want to read it myself. The whole thing's very mysterious to me. Well, of course it's mysterious, but it's none of our business. Miss Bentley is the owner of Baldpate Inn, and if Miss Bentley wants to permit some darn fool to come to this place to be froze to death by stale air and f to be frightened to death by spooks, well, it's her concern and not ours. Ah, 
There she goes. She's blazing up fine. That'll warm it up a bit. My friend, William Hallowell McGee, will arrive in Aspoan Falls tonight on the 10th He will occupy Fall Creek Inn, so be prepared to receive him there and turn the key over to him and do whatever you can to make him comfortable. He has important work to do and has chosen Bald Pate for his workshop. Follow instructions. Ask no questions. Haley Bentley. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like them black hand notes they send to rich men, don't it? Well, I can't understand it for the life of me. Mother. Yes? Uh, maybe the fella's committed some crimes coming here to hide. Oh, do you think so, Elijah? Oh, I don't know. I, I say, um, maybe. Well, if that's so, why should Miss Bentley be interested in such a man? Huh. I never thought of that. Well, whatever it is, it's none of our business and we mustn't mix in other people's affairs. Oh, Elijah. What? Do you think i better fix up one of them rooms? Sure. He'll have to have a place to sleep. Um, here are the keys that open up the linen closet. Uh, you better fix up that first room to the left. That's the one Miss Bentley always takes when she comes. Well, and you better put another log on the fire. He'll probably be chilled to the bone by the time he climbs that mountain. Do you think he'll find his way alone? Oh, he'll find his way all right. The station agent will most likely direct him. Occupying a summer hotel in the dead of winter. It beats all what some people will do. Huh. It's pretty darn mysterious, all right. I'll be jiggered if I can figure it out. Mother. 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 Did you call me, Elijah? Gosh, no, don't, don't talk so loud. Oh, what's the matter? Good heavens, what's that? It's him. He's here. Who? The telegram. I, I, I mean the man. Where? At the door. Why don't you let him in? Well, do you think I'd better? Well, ain't that what the telegram said? Well, I, yes, of course, but, but... Well, then you got your instructions. Go on and do as you're told. What? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, just a minute, just a minute. Poor thing's half froze. Yeah, what's the matter, young fella? Are you cold? <laughs> Am I cold? I feel pretty rocky, but I gotta laugh at that one. <laughs> Better give him a drink of whiskey. Oh, yes, I guess so. Here, young fella, try a little of this. Thanks. Do you suppose it's him? How do I know? Well, ask him and find out. Thanks again. A thousand thanks. Oh, you just put that in your pocket. You might need it later on. Thanks. <laughs> you're, um, you're Mr. McGee, ain't you? Right. What's left of me is still McGee. But you expect me, of course. Oh, yes. We got Miss Bentley's telegram, all right. The name's Quimby. So I surmise. Uh, this lady is my wife, Mrs. Quimby. I thought as much. Delighted, Mrs. Quimby. Glad to meet you, Mr. McGee. You pardon me for not rising, but really I'm terribly cold. That's all right. You sit there and get head up. We've been living here in the mountains so long, we don't mind the cold as much as strangers do, but even we felt it tonight, didn't we, Elijah? Oh, that's right, Mother. This is an uncommon cold night. That little trip from the road station to the top of the mountain has taught me to firmly believe in everything Jack London ever wrote about. 
and everything old Dr. Cook ever lied about. So this is Bulpit, is it? Well, well, well. Don't he talk funny? Yes, acts funny too. Something matter with him, sure. You said you received Miss Bentley's telegram saying I would be here? Oh, yes. It, it only came about an hour ago, so we didn't have much time to prepare. I didn't decide to come until 4 o'clock this afternoon. We were scared most to death getting the telegram in the middle of the night. I'm very sorry to have taken you out on the night like this, but it was altogether necessary in order that I accomplish what I've set out to do. Let me see. The rooms are above, are equipped with fireplaces, I believe? Yes. I'm just fixing up one of the rooms. I'll start the fire, too. I'll have it all ready for you inside of five minutes. I wish you would. Yes, this would be too big of a barn to work in. I'll no doubt be more comfortable up there. <laughs> he says he's going to work. I wonder what he means. Pump him. Try to find out. <laughs> Give me the matches. Oh, uh, 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 here you are. This, I presume, is the hotel office? Uh, y yes, that's right. Well, well. This certainly is John H. Conclusion himself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where did those lights come from? Oh, uh, oh great Scott. Yeah. What's happened? Oh. <laughs> Don't be alarmed, Mrs. Quimby. It's all right. I think I can explain this thing. Oh? Miss Bentley has probably had the power turned off. Oh. She knew it had to have some real light oh. for this kind of work. Oh, well, I'll just get your room ready then. I suppose you're wondering what the devil I'm doing here, Mr. Quimby. That's just what I was wondering, young man. Well, I'll try to explain, although I'm not quite sure you'll understand. Sit down, Mr. Quimby. Oh, uh... It's all right. Sit down. Really? Uh, now, you're not, I take it, the sort of man to follow closely the light and frivolous literature of the day? Well, how's that? You don't read the sort of novels sold by the pound and department stores. No. Well, I write those novels. Do you? <laughs> oh, really? The dickens you do. Wild, thrilling tales for the tired businessmen's tired wives. Shots in the night. Chases after fortunes. Cupid busy with his arrows all over the place. It's good fun. I like to do it. And there's money in it, too. You don't mean to tell me. Oh, yes. Considerable. Of course. They say I'm a cheap melodramatic ranter. <laughs> they say my thinking process is a scream. Oh. Perhaps they're right. Well, perhaps. Did you ever read The Scarlet Satchel? Oh, never. That's one of mine. Is it? I've come here to Balpate to think. To get away from the melodrama, if possible. To do a novel so fine in literature that Henry Cobbett Lodge will come to me with tears in his eyes and beg me to join his bunch of self-made immortals. And I'm going to do that all right here in this end. Sitting on top of the mountain, looking down on the little old world as Joga looked down from Olympus. What do you think of that? Well, um, maybe it's all for the best. Of late, I've been running short of material. I need an inspiration. A title gave me that. The Lonesomest Spot on Earth, suggested by my very dear friend, and your employer, Miss Haley Bentley. Oh. Where and what is the lonesomest spot on earth, I asked. Yeah. A summer resort in winter, said she. Oh. She told me of Balpate, dared me to come. I took the dare, and here I am. Oh, you, you mean you're going to write a book? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to novelize Balpate. I'm here to get the atmosphere. Well, <laughs> you'll certainly get plenty of that, all right. Uh, when are you going to start in? Just as soon as I absorb my surroundings and make a few mental notes. You see, I do the most of my work in the dead of night. I find I concentrate more readily from midnight on. But I must have absolute solitude. The crackling of the fire, the roar of the wind, and the ticking of my watch will alone bear me company at Balpate Inn. 
This all sounds very strange and weird to you, I suppose. Yeah, how, uh, how's that? I say, you can't quite fathom me. Well, uh, you're here of your own accord, I take it. <laughs> My dear Mr. Quimby, I'm here on a bet. On a bet? Exactly. I have an explanation of things in Bittany's handwriting. Do you care to look them over yourself, or would you rather I read it to you? Well, yes, go on and read it. I, I like to hear you talk. Ah! Then my personality has warmed its way into your good graces. Yeah, how's that? I mean to say, I evidently appeal to you. Well, I don't know as you particularly appeal to me, but... Um, but what? Well, I guess I, I better not say it. Come on, what's on your mind? Tell me. Well, to be honest with you, I can't figure out whether you're a smart man or a darn fool. <laughs> Would you believe it, my dear sir? I've been stalled between those two opinions of myself for years. My publisher says I'm a smart man. My critics call me a darn fool. However, that's neither near nor there. This will perhaps clear away the cloud of mystery to some extent. Oh, perhaps Mrs. Quimby would be interested enough to hear this also. Will you call her, please? Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> mother? Oh, oh, mother? Yes, yes, I'm all through. Everything's ready up here. You'd better come up, mister, and see if it satisfies you before we go. It's all right, Mrs. Quimby. I'll take your word that everything is all right. Come on down here, Mother. Um, Mr. McGee wants to read something to you. Is that so? Well, I started the fire, so I guess the room will be comfortable enough to sleep in by the time you get ready for to go to bed. Sit down, Mother. What? Go on, see? <laughs> I'm sitting. Mr. McGee's going to tell us why he's here. Is that so? Well, I'd love to hear. I've just explained to your husband that I am an author. I do popular novels, and I'm here to write a story. A story of the Volpate Mountain, laid in this very hotel, perhaps in this identical room. I'm to complete this task within 24 hours, starting at midnight tonight. Understand, Mother? He's going to write a book. Going to write a book in 24 hours? That is the wager has been made between Miss Bentley and myself. She claimed it couldn't be done. I claimed it could. $5,000 worth of her sporting blood boiled as she dug for her fountain pen and checkbook. I covered the bet, and we posted the checks at the 44th Street Club. She was to choose the lonely spot. She succeeded. I ran to my apartment, placed some manuscript paper, a dozen sandwiches, and my slippers in a suitcase, grabbed my faithful typewriting machine, just made the train, and here you see me, ready to win or lose the wager, as the case may be. What do you think of that, Mother? Why, I never heard of such a thing. Here is a copy of the agreement, in which you will notice your name is mentioned, Mr. Quimby. Oh? Listen. You are to leave New York City on the 445 for Ascalon Falls, arriving on the 1040, and go directly to the Balpate Inn, atop the Balpate Mountain, where you will meet my caretaker, Mr. Elijah Quimby. That's me. Who, after making you comfortable, will turn over to you the key to the end, the only key in existence. Is that correct? What? It's the only key I know of. There ain't no other key. I can swear to that. Good. This will ensure you against interruption and give you the solitude necessary for concentration. You are to begin work at 12 o'clock and turn over to Mr. Elijah Quimby a, com a completed manuscript of 10,000 words, story of Balpate, no later than 12 o'clock Wednesday night. Do you understand? You're, you're to turn it over to me? Precisely. What do you think of that, Mother? I never heard of such a thing. Oh. You know Bentley's handwriting better than me. See for yourself. Oh, well, yeah, it's her writing, ain't it, Mother? Looks like it, but how... But, but what? 
Well, the whole thing don't sound right to me. Me neither. We, we better watch this, cuz. Oh, I think so, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you hear that? You mean the telephone. Well, is that, you... <laughs> Why, that thing's being out of commission all winter. Oh, let's get out of here, Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> don't be alarmed, Mrs. Quimby. I think I can explain. Miss Bridgley just had the service renewed. She probably wanted to find out if I've arrived. Excuse me, just a moment. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yes, right on time. Almost 20 minutes ago. Half frozen, thank you. Yes, he's here now. Also Mrs. Quimby. Oh, we understand each other perfectly well. It's everything you said it was. The lonesomest spot on earth is right. <laughs> you still feel that way about it, eh? Well, that opinion's gonna cost you $5,000, Haley. <laughs> All right, we'll see. You want to talk to him? Just a second. She wants to talk to you, Mr. Quimby. Is it Miss Bentley? Yes, here you are. Sit down. Oh, oh, uh, oh. <clears throat> hello? Oh, hello, Miss Bentley. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I understand, ma'am. At, at, at 12 o'clock? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I, I'll be here waiting. Fine. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, oh, we're both fine. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Wait a minute. I'll ask him. She wants to know if there's anything more you want to say. No. Just give her my regards and tell her I'm spending her money already. <laughs> <laughs> he says there's nothing else, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I understand. Oh, well, well, goodbye, ma'am. She, she wants me to be here at 12 o'clock tomorrow night to talk to her on the telephone again. <laughs> and it's sad news you impart on her. Mr. Quimby, I'm going to win this wager. You know, this whole thing wouldn't make a bad story in itself. I'm thinking of seriously using it for the ground plot. Oh, this leads where? Oh, that's the dining room. Leads through to the kitchen. That door on the left goes to the cellar. Aha, I see. Have you the exact time, Mr. Quimby? Oh, uh, uh, mine says half past eleven. Thirty minutes to get my bearings and frame up a character or two for a start. Will I put these in your room? No, no, you needn't bother. Oh, it's no bother at all. I'm only too glad to do anything for any friend of Miss Bentley. Now. You're quite sure I won't be disturbed while I'm writing? Who's going to disturb you here? No one ever comes within a mile of this place till around, oh, the first of April, except myself. And, and I only come up about once a week this kind of weather. You don't suppose any of Miss Bentley's Ascawan friends, hearing of the wager, would take it upon themselves to interrupt me in the progress of my work? Nobody knows you're here except me and the missus, and we, we ain't going to tell no one. I have your word for that. Why, well, I never broke my word in my life. Guess that's why I'm a poor man. <laughs> the only other time I remember anybody coming here in the winter was the time of the reform wave at Rooten. The reformers got after a lot of crooked politicians, and they broke in here in the middle of the night and hid a lot of graph money in that safe over there. You mean to tell me reformers hid money in that safe? No, the politicians. Reformers never have any money. <laughs> what is Splendid. What, what, what are you laughing at? Nothing. It's all right. Go on. Tell me about the hidden graph. 
Oh, there's nothing much to tell. Some fellas up and gave him away, and the police come the next morning and found it here. Nobody claimed it, so of course they never got the gang. They threw a lot of fellas out of office, I believe. I, I, I didn't read much about it, but that's over four years ago. You needn't be afraid. <laughs> you won't be disturbed here. Grafting politicians, reformers, hidden money. Sounds like a good seller. Is there anything more we can do for you, Mr. McGee? No, nothing I can think of. I'll be quite... Oh, yes, of course. You forgot something, Mr. Quimby. Forgot uh, what? The key. Oh, the key. Oh, yes, the key. Here it is. <laughs> You're positively certain that this is the only key to Ballpage in existence? Yes, sir, I am sure. I can swear to it. Good. What are you going to do? Lock yourself in? Precisely. I don't mind staying here, keeping watch for you, if, if you want me to. No, thanks. I much prefer to be alone. I'd rather it would be you than me. I should think you'd be afraid of ghosts. Mother, I've told you 20 times there ain't no such thing. Well, they've been seen here just the same. Ghosts? Oh, don't mind her, Mr. McGee. We think we know what the ghost is. There's an old gal up here in the mountain by the name of Peters. Oh, she's a hermit. A hermit? Yeah, she's one of them gals that's been disappointed in love. She was old Mr. Bentley's mistress and was quite jilted when, up, when, when he up and died of a sudden. She come here, oh, about ten years ago, lives in a little shack a mile and a half north of here, calls it the Hermit's Cave. <laughs> uh, all summer boarders buy picture postcards from her. We figure she's the one that's been frightening the people down in the valley by waving a lantern from the mountainside with a white sheet wrapped around her. But no one ever proved it was her. Well, who else could it be? There ain't no such thing as ghosts, is there, Mr. McGee? Well, I hope not. Ghosts, hermits, not bad at all. Well, come along, Mother. I, I, I guess Mr. McGee is anxious to get to work. Uh, I'll say good night, sir. Good night. And remember, 12 o'clock sharp for Miss Bentley's phone call tomorrow night. Oh, I'll be here on the minute. And I'm coming to see if you're still alive. I should think you'd be scared to death. Mother, he will be if you keep on like that. <laughs> well, good night, sir, and um, good luck. Good night. I don't envy a trip down the mountain on a night like this. Good night, sir. Good night, Mrs. Quimby. Keep a sharp lookout for ghosts and hermits. No, <laughs> please don't bring back The only key, hmm? Hmm. We'll see. Seventy-five West, and hurry it along, sister. Hello. 
Is that you, Andy? This is bland. Yeah, bald pate. Yes, damn near frozen, too. Oh, it's awful. It's like Napoleon's tomb in here. I thought you said Mayor Cargan would meet me here. What? No! No! I can't stay here all night. I'd go mad. Listen, I'll hide the money here in the safe and meet him at 9 o'clock in the morning and turn it over to him then. There isn't a chance of anything in the world happening. The money's safer here than any spot on earth. I'll lock the safe as soon as I put the package in. Mayor Cargan knows the combination. My advice is to let it lay here a week. It's the last place on earth they'll look for it. Besides, how could they get in? My key to ball bait's the only one in existence. Ah, uh, they don't figure we take the chance after that other exposure. I tell you, I know best. I'll be back in town by one o'clock. I got the president's machine waiting for him at the foot of the mountain. All right, goodbye. Good evening. Or perhaps I should say, good morning. I have a gun here, see? Who are you? I was just about to put that same question to you. What are you doing here? <laughs> I think I'm the one entitled to an explanation. Did you follow me up the mountain? Oh, no. I was here an hour ahead of you. How'd you get in here? Through that door. You lie! There's only one key to that door, and I got it right here in my pocket, see? My dear sir, I was laboring under the same impression until a moment ago. But as your key fits the lock, and my key fits the lock, there are evidently two keys to ball paint instead of one. See? You mean to tell me that's a key to ball paint? Yes. That's why I became so interested in your arrival here. I heard you telephone your friend just now and declare that your key was the only one in existence. <laughs> it sort of handed me a laugh. You heard what I said over the telephone, eh? Every word. You don't think you're gonna live to tell it, do you? I have no fear on that score. I'm not a tattletale, nor do I intend to imply into affairs that do not concern me. But I should like you answering me one question. Where did you get your key to ball pay? None of your damned business! I didn't come here to tell you the story of my life! Well, you might at least relate the portion that has led you into trespassing on a gentleman trying to seek seclusion. Trespassing, eh? Who's trespassing, yous or I? My right here is indisputable. Who gave you that key? None of your damn business! If I remember rightly, that's the answer you gave me. You got a pretty good nerve to talk like that with a gun in your face! Oh, that doesn't disturb me in the least. Wow, I have never experienced this sort of thing in real life before. I've written so much of this melodramatic stuff and collected such splendid royalties from it all that it's rather amused me to discover that that so-called literary trash is the real thing. After all, you may not believe it, but really, 
old chap, I've written you over <laughs> and over again. Say, I killed a man once for laughing at me. That's my line. I used it in the Lost Limousine. 400,000 copies. I bet you've read it. If you don't tell me who you are and what you're doing here, I'll kill you as dead as a doornail. Come on. I mean business. Who are you? Well, a name doesn't mean so much, so... You can call me Mr. Smith. What are you? A writer of popular novels. What are you doing here? Trying to win a bet by completing the story of Ballpate in 24 hours. A few more interruptions of this sort, however, and it's plain to see I'll pay the winner. You can do me a big favor, old man, by leaving me this place to myself for the night. I give you my word of honor that what was ever seen or heard shall remain absolutely sacred. You must think I'm an awful fool to swallow that kind of talk. Very well. If you don't believe I am who I say I am... And you doubt I'm here for the reasons I gave. Go upstairs into that room with the open door, and you'll find a typewriter machine, several pages of manuscript, scattered about the floor, and a letter on the dresser from the owner of this inn to its caretaker, providing conclusively that everything I have told you is the truth, and nothing but the truth, so there you are. And you're not in with the police? No. I wish I were. If the graph's as good as they say it is. You say you have a letter from the owner of the inn. Yes! Wait a minute, I'll get it for you. Come back! What's the matter? Oh, I've been double-crossed before, young fella. I'll find it if it's there. Oh, very well. If you prefer to get it yourself, why, go right along. Hold still while I search you for a gun. You needn't be alarmed. I've never carried a gun in my life. Oh, but you keep one in your room, eh? If you think so, search the room. That's just what I'm gonna do. I guess I'll keep you in my sight, though. Go on. I'll let you show me the way. All right. If that's the way you feel about it, why certainly. All right. Wait a minute. I'll peek around the room alone first. You don't look good to me. You're too damned willing. You wait out here. I'll call you when I've satisfied myself you're not trying to spring something. Very well. If you don't trust me, go ahead. That's what I'm... Hey! Hey! Open this door! You blue-nosed, cake-eating, scum-sucking, infected pig's bladder! Open this door! Damn you! I'll get you for this! Hello? I want to talk to the Asquan Police Headquarters. That's what I said, Police Headquarters. Who's there? What do you want? Don't shoot! It's alright, I'm harmless. How did you open that door? Unlocked it with the key, of course. <laughs> if you allow me to bring my chaperone inside, I will explain in a moment who I am and why we're here. Your chaperone? Yes, another perfectly harmless female who's been kind enough to accompany me on this wild adventure. I have your permission. Say, what the deuce is this all about? You'll soon know. All right, Mrs. Rhodes. <laughs> What's the matter? What happened? Lock the door. Lock the door! T tell me, please, what is it? What frightened you, Mrs. Rhodes? A, a man. A man? What man? I don't know. We appeared in the window above, flourishing revolver, and then he jumped to the ground and started running down the mountainside. Are you sure? Well, of course I'm sure. 
just a moment. Is there anything wrong? I'm beginning to think I am. Why did you ever come here? It's all right. Don't get excited. The bird has flown. But he forgot this when he took the jump. <laughs> Don't be alarmed. I'm not going to shoot. At least, not yet. Now, might I ask why I'm so honored by this midnight visit? I can explain in a very few words. That will suit me immensely. My time is valuable. I'm losing thousands of dollars, perhaps through even this waste of time. Be as brief as possible, please. I... Why do you stare at me so? Do you believe in love at first sight? What do you mean? You know, I've written about it a great many of times, but I've never believed in it before. It's really remarkable. Oh, pardon me, weren't you about to explain your visit here? Well, to begin with, I... Will you be kind enough to answer that phone? I don't care to turn my back to anything but a bolted door tonight. If you'd please. Certainly. Hello? What's that? Hold the wire, please. I'll see. Did you wish to talk to police headquarters? Police headquarters? Yes. But no. Just say they must have made a mistake. Uh, hello? No. No such call put in from here. Must be some mistake. That's all right. Then you did call police headquarters. I did. Why did you call police headquarters? Yes. Why did you call police headquarters? <laughs> you know, these are the most remarkable lot of happenings. No sooner do I get rid of one bestseller than along comes another, dyed in the wool, to be continued in our next. You know, there's no particular reason for me saying this, but I really believe I'd do anything in the world for you. <laughs> I don't understand. But you promised to explain your presence here. Which I fully intend to do, but first of all, I should like to ask you one question. Proceed. How did you get in here without this key? <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> you know, I'm beginning to think this whole thing is a frame-up. What do you mean? You have the only key to Balpate in existence, I suppose? So I understood. Well, ladies, if it's any news to you, believe me, there are more keys to Balpate than you'd find in a Steinway piano. Then she lied. Uh, who lied? Oh, remember your promise, Mary? Well... I can't tell you her name. Well, at least tell me your name. My name is Mary Norton, and I do special stories for the Rootin' Star. In the newspaper game. That's it. And this lady is Mrs. Rhodes, with whom I live in Rootin', and who's the only other person who knows I'm here to do this story. Uh, what story? The story of a $5,000 wager you have made with a certain lady that you would write a complete novel inside of 24 hours. <laughs> who told you this? <clears throat> Remember your promise, Mary. You've made many a promises, haven't you, Mary? I should certainly like to know who gave you this information. I can tell you only that when the wager was made at the 44th Street Club this afternoon, a certain someone dispatched the news to me at once. Believing that I had the only key to ball paint, I hurried here to let you in. And lo and behold, I find you already at work and as snug and as cozy as you would be in a New York apartment. Now that you know my story, I'm going to throw myself on your mercy and ask that you allow me to stay here and get the beats. I promise you we shall not disturb you in the least. Have you any objections? And you won't tell me who gave you the story? <laughs> I can't. Nor you got the key. <coughs> Remember your promise, Mary. You know, I wish you hadn't brought her with you. What? 
No offense, Mrs. Rhodes. Of course, I understand that Mary is a very promising young lady, but why continually remind her of the facts? <laughs> That's just my little joke. Excuse me. Let me get this clear. Your idea is to stop here and write the story of my 24-hour task? With your permission. Well, I tell you, had you put such a proposition up to me half an hour ago, I should have said emphatically no. But, since my little experience with the gun-flourishing, window-jumping gentleman, I'm inclined to entertain the idea of a companion or two. Who was the man with the gun? Why did he jump from the window? <laughs> you might as well ask me why he placed a package of money in that safe. Or why he telephoned the fax to someone else. Who was the pass to word along to Mayor Cargan, I believe? Mayor Cargan? What seems to be the trouble? Mrs. Rhodes is a widow. Mayor Cargan a widower. Perhaps you'll understand why the name startled her when I tell you that Mrs. Rhodes is to become Mrs. Cargan next Sunday morning. Oh, indeed. Well, congratulations, Mrs. Rhodes. And again, I say I do not mean to offend. I'm not accusing Mayor Cargan of any transactions, dishonest or otherwise. I was merely trying to point out to you ladies that this has been a night of wild occurrences up until now. However, if you care to take the risk, stay here. It won't disturb me in the least and may possibly benefit this young lady in her business. I've lost half an hour already, and as every minute means money to me right now, I'll have to work fast to make up for the time I've lost. Again, I apologize for any mistakes I have made, Mrs. Rhodes. Well, I assured you a more honest man than Jim Cargan never lived. I sincerely trust you're right, especially for your own sake. I hope the story proves a whale. I wish... What do you wish? Oh, nothing. I was just thinking of Sunday morning. Good night. I'd gladly offer you ladies my room. But since it's the only one clean and heated, I must have some comfort for this kind of work. Good night, ladies. Good night. Mary, that's the sweetest name in the world. Thank you. Good night. Good night. I still wish you hadn't brought her with you. Good night. Good night. You don't believe Jim Cargan guilty of any treachery? Tell me you don't, Mary. I don't know, Mrs. Rhodes. I told you about the suburban bribe store we got last night, but I certainly hope the name of Cargan is kept clean for both your sakes. I can't believe he's wrong. I won't believe it. But if he is wrong, it's best you should know it now. The fates may have brought us here to protect you. Who knows? Money hidden in that safe, he said. Yes. And that dovetails with the suburban bribe story. I came down here to do a special. I may get two sweeps with one broom. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'd be made. Great heavens, Mary. Oh, what is it? What's wrong down there? A ghost. What? A ghost. A ghost. <laughs> I bet you four dollars that's old man Bentley's mistress. Shh. I beg your pardon, but have you any idea just how many keys there are to this flat? What are these women doing here? How's that? I don't like women. Ah! It's all right, ladies. She's not a regular ghost. I know all about her. She's in the picture postcard business. What? Just a minute, Bosco. If you ladies would kindly step upstairs into my room, I'll either cure it or kill it. What? See here. That's the second time you've barked at me. Now don't do it again. Do you hear? Go right in, ladies. So, you're the ghost of Baltate. Are you? How'd you people get in here? <laughs> You're not gonna pull that only key in existence speech on me, are you? What? You know, there are other keys besides yours. They're all imitations. 
Mine's the real key. The old man gave it to me the day before he died. What old man? The father of that young tramp who wastes her time around those New York clubs. You know who I mean. Then you're not particularly fond of the present owner of Baldpate? I hate her. And I hate her men friends. You don't like women either, you say? I despise them. How do little girls and boys strike you? Ugh, annoying. <laughs> I can understand why old man Bentley up and died. Even death in preference to you. Don't mention his name or I'll... Now, see here, old woman. You make any more bluffs at me and I'll take that white sheet away from you. And put you right out of the ghost business. Haven't you any better sense than going about frightening little children this way? Why don't you stick to your own line of work? You're a hermit by trade, if I'm rightly informed. Yes, I'm a hermit and proud of it. Then why don't you cut out the ghost stuff and be a regular hermit? I play the ghost because I love to see the cowards run. <laughs> oh, they're all cowards. Is that it? Cowards, yes. <laughs> and you're a brave woman, I suppose? A cave woman is always a brave woman. <laughs> They're shooting again! They're shooting again! What's that? What's happened? Is someone hurt? Did you hear a woman scream? Distinctly. And a pistol shot? A woman in white! A woman in white! They shot at her as they shoot at me when I play the ghost! <laughs> they thought it was the ghost! There's another key! What?! Shh! It's a woman! Step back into the shadows! Shh! I thought I'd give you a little more light so you could work faster. You needn't throw up your hands. I'll take a chance on that quick stuff. Come on out here, please. <laughs> I didn't think they did this sort of thing outside of melodrama and popular novels. But I see I was wrong. Or should I say right when I wrote it? Really? You're the most attractive burglar I've ever seen. That is, if you're a burglar. Are you? Hmm, are you with the Cargan crowd, or do you represent the Root and Suburban people? No, I'm just an ordinary man trying to win a bet. But up until now, the chances have been dead against me. Perhaps you'd like to tell me who you are? Hmm, I will if you'll answer me one question. <laughs> of course, of course. I'll answer it before you ask it. A friend of mine gave it to me. Of course, you thought you had the only key in existence. But she lied to you. I have a cute little key of my own. Oh, and there are keys and keys. But I love my key best of all. See? I can't understand it all. You haven't anything on me. And just about two more keys and I'll pack up my paraphernalia, go back to New York City, and never make another bet as long as I live. Will you please tell me your name? Well, a name doesn't mean so much, so you can call me Mr. Jones. And yours? My name is... Listen, my husband is the president of the Asquan Rootin Suburban Railway Company. He has agreed to pay a vast amount of money for a certain city franchise. A franchise the political crowd at Rootin has no power to grant. They are going to cheat him out of his money and use it for the campaign funds to fight the opposition party at the next election. If he sues for his money back, they are going to expose him for entering into an agreement he knows to be nothing short of bribery. The present mayor is at the bottom of it all. I ran to my husband tonight and begged him not to enter into this deal. I warned him that he was being cheated. He wouldn't believe me, but I know it's true. He's being cheated and will probably be charged with bribery. Besides, that's why I risk the mountain on a night like this. 
I must have been followed before I was shot at as I reached the top of Baldpate. Oh, I don't know who you are, but you're a man. You can help me. You will help me, won't you? Yes. What do you want me to do? In that safe there is a package containing $200,000. $200,000? That's the amount. A man named Bland was to deposit it there at midnight. Cargan was to follow later and find it there. Cargan's coming here? So they've planned it. I must have that money out of here. Don't you understand? My husband is being cheated, tricked, robbed, probably but I don't know the combination. Who are these women? And what are they doing here? Oh, of course. Pardon me. May I introduce Miss... Please don't. Will you pardon me for a moment, ladies? Certainly. Please don't tell them who I am. My husband will kill me if he ever learns I've been here on such an errand. I understand. You may trust me. I sympathize with you very deeply, madam. And I promise you that no one shall take the money away from here tonight, unless it be yourself. And I'll get it out of that safe, even if I have to blow the thing to smithereens. You give me your word as a gentleman. My word as a gentleman. Thank you. Ladies, I wish to present a girl schoolmate of mine, Miss Brown, who has become interested enough in my career to find her way up to Baldpate to witness my endeavors to break all records as a speedy story writer. Miss Brown, please. <laughs> Up until now, I'm almost an hour behind myself. However, I expect to catch up with myself before the night is over. That is, of course, provided there aren't 300 more keys to that old front door. Now, might I have a word alone with you, please? I'd be delighted. I'd like to be alone with you forever. Will you pardon me for a moment? Certainly. Go upstairs, Miss Brown, and make yourself quite at home. Oh, Mrs. Rhodes. Will you be good enough to show her the room? I'm sure she'll need a little drop of something after that bitter cold trip up the mountain. You'll find a flask on the table. Come right along, miss. I know where it is. I've already tried it. Well, really, I don't know what to say to all of this kindness. Not I... in here, miss. Thanks. Awfully. Who did that woman claim to be? That's a secret I promised never to reveal. <laughs> Then you know. I know she lied. She lied? She claimed to be the wife of Thomas Hayden, president of the Suburban Railway. She lied, I tell you. Why, I've known Mrs. Hayden all my life. Was brought up with and went to school with her daughters. Mrs. Hayden is a woman in her 50s. You can see for yourself that she is nothing more than a mere slip of a girl. There's a mystery here of some kind. Someone's playing a desperate game. Yes, and it's costing me $5,000. I'll never get my work done tonight. I can see that right now. But what do I care? I've met you. You're going to give this money over to that woman? Not if she lied. Well, you believe me, don't you? Believe you? Believe you? Let me tell you something, little girl. I've written a lot of those Romeo speeches in my novels. Though, I've never really felt that way before. But here it goes. The moment you walked through that door tonight, and I laid eyes on you, I made up my mind that you were the one woman in the world for me. Why, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. Try me. Very well, I shall. Give me that package of money out of that safe before Cargan comes to steal it. Help me to reach Rutan without being molested. And I'll annihilate the graph machine with tomorrow's edition of the Star. With that money to turn over to the proper authorities,
comes this proof of the deal. I'll wipe out the streetcar trust and the carbon crowd with one swing of the pen. And just think, I'll save Mrs. Rhodes from alliance with a thief. I know Carmen's crooked, always has been, but I must prove it before she'll break off the engagement. Great Scott, what a story, all right. Think of what it'll mean to me to the city of Rutan itself. You will do this for me, won't you? Please, please? Yes, what do you want me to do? Come, we must hurry. Can't you think of some way to open that safe? What are we going to do? We don't know the combination, and I haven't any dynamite. But we must have that $200,000. What was that? Oh, that was nothing. It's just a wind creeping through the cracks, I fancy. Go upstairs. There's someone hidden in the room. Good night, Miss Norton. Good night! that time for fair. <laughs> come out of there. How did you know combination to save? Who told you money was in save? Get out of here, you vagabond. What do you mean by breaking into man's safe in middle of night? Throw her in cellar, Max. Go on, hurry up, get out. Fools, cheaters, liars, all of you. Get out. Go on, get out. Boja <coughs> moi. We weren't any too soon. Another moment she'd have had it for sure. If she ever got a hold of a roll like this, it would be bye-bye, Hermit. <laughs> $201,000 bills. Is it all there? I don't know. I see. You seem surprised I found money. What do you mean, surprised? I tell you something, Max. I don't trust you all day. I don't trust you tonight. What do you mean? You didn't trust me? I'll be truthful with you, Max. I thought you were going to double-cross me. I thought you were going to beat me to the bankroll through this woman, uh, Thornhill. Myra Thornhill? Duh, Myra Thornhill. Oh, don't play dumb. You knew she was around. You had secret meetings with her during last 48 hours. I know every move you've made. I had you watched. You've worked with her before. But... You told me so yourself. I had my mind made up to kill you, Max. If money had been gone, is what exactly I would do. If you ever double-cross me, I will kill you. Do you understand? I... I understand. I'm shot! No, you're not. I just put a bullet in the wall. And I'll put one in you if you don't toss that package of money over here. Oh. Come on, hurry up. Oh. I mean business. You see, being a writer of sensational novels, I'm well up to date on this melodramatic stuff. Jim Coggan! What are you doing here? Max, Max, are you hurt? No, I'm all right. I'm Myra Thornhill, eh? So, you were trying to cross me, you snake. I must insist upon orderly conduct, gentlemen. No roughhouse, please. Young man, be good enough to put that gun of yours on the table. Hurry now. Now kindly remove the gun from Mr. Cargan's pocket. I'm sure he has one on him. And put it on the table also. He might want to take a shot at you. And I'm giving you the necessary protection 
Hurry along, please. Now, Mrs. Rhodes, will you kindly ask the streetcar president's wife to step back into that room? Then lock the door and remove the key? Yes. Thank you. And now, Miss Norton, will you kindly step down here and take those two revolvers from the table and place them in the hotel safe? And then close the safe and turn to combination? Thank you very much. Now, gentlemen, I must insist that you step upstairs to that room on the right of the balcony. And, Mrs. Rhodes, will you please step over there and lock the door when these gentlemen are on the other side? Uh -huh. I shan't keep you in there long, gentlemen. I'll release you as soon as I've transacted some important business with this young lady. Lively now, gentlemen. Lively. That's it. Now to your right. Correct. Now straight ahead. Now right in. Lock the door, Mrs. Rhodes, and bring the key down to me. That's the ticket. Thanks. Very much. Well, how's my work? Some roundup, wasn't it? I'm awfully sorry about this, for your sake, Mrs. Rhodes. Oh, it's best she should know, isn't it, dear? Oh, I suppose so, dear. I suppose so. Well, come on, little girl. You've got to work fast. Here's the graft money. Now what? I've everything planned. I know just what I'm going to do. What's the time? My watch says 1.30, but you can't get a train out of Asquan until 5. We can't sit round the station for three hours, dear. Try to get a taxi, or whatever sort of conveyance they have in this downtown. But whatever you do, get out of Asquan as soon as you can. You leave it to me. I'll find a way. Are you going to stay here? I'll have to. I want to keep guard on this crowd of lady and gentleman bandits until I'm sure you're well on your way. I'll keep them here until you phone and tell me you're out of danger, even though it's all night tonight and all day tomorrow. But your work! Never mind my work. I can write a novel in the old time, so as far as the bet's concerned, I can lose that and still be repaid a million times over. I've met you. Good night, Mrs. Rhodes, and God bless you both. I wonder if we'll ever meet again. I live in Rudin. Good night! Good night. Crooked politicians, adventurous, safe robbing, Love at first sight, and I wanted to get away from all this melodrama. And still they come. <gasps> I beg your pardon, but who are you? I'm Mayor Cargan's butler. Mayor Cargan? Yes, he's here. Do you wish to see him? Yes. Say to him that Mr. Hayden of the Rutan Asquan Suburban Railroad is calling. Oh, I see. Are you the president of that road, sir? I most certainly am, sir. Your wife's here. What? Yes, locked in that room up there. Pardon me. I just wanted to see if you had a gun on you. Just a minute. I'll tell the mayor the president has arrived. Are you a crazy man, sir? That's what the critics say. But I'm beginning to think they're all wrong. Sit down, Mr. Hayden. I'll tell the boys you're here. The boys? Come on, boys. Everything's all right. The president's here. Watch your step. Easy. That's it. One at a time. Please. Lead on, boys. I'll walk a little behind you. Uh, hello, Hayden. What's the meaning of this, Cargan? Don't know. Ask him. Who is he? Don't know. Don't care. Am disgusted with whole works. Nailed we are. That's all I know. No, you don't, Hermie. Come back here. I'll keep an eye on you, too. You better sit down and join the boys. 
I'd very much like to know the reason for such strange actions, young man. Your wife will be down in a minute. She'll probably tell you all about it. Confound it, sir. My wife is home in bed. That's what you think. <laughs> you know, you're not the first fellow that's been fooled, you know. Here, Herman, take that key and open the first door on the left on the balcony. And tell Mrs. Hayden that her husband wants to see her downstairs right away. Hurry along. That's a good ghost. Go on. Better sit down, boys, and make yourselves comfortable. We're liable to have quite a wait. Well, I'll be running along. You better stay a while, Mr. Hayden. I'd like to have your wife meet you. I don't think she's ever had the pleasure... What the devil sort of man is this? Well, here's a novel at last. A man without a key. It's bland. I have his key, and I'll let him in. Don't bother. I have a dandy little key of my own. I'll let him in. I don't know. That's him! That's the man I told you about! He locked me in! Oh, hello! Are you back again? I thought you jumped out of town. Did you get it all right, Coggin? Yeah, he's got this. What? Give me that money! Say, I killed a man once for hollering at me. <laughs> and this gun says I can. Oh, okay. So back away. Ah, uh, here we are. Mr. Hayden. Although, I think you're getting the shade best of it. This young lady claims to be your wife. What? Oh, you claim what? Go on. Holler your head off, Grandpa. It's music to my ears to hear an old man squawk. What are you gonna do with that money? I haven't got the money. It's on its way to Rooten. Miss Norton will see it's placed in the safe and proper hands. Do you like she arrives at the office at the Rooten Daily Star? The Daily Star? Oh, we are gone. Uh, where did Mrs. Rhodes go? How do you like forever, Cargan? Oh, no. She's got your number. Sit down there. Did you hear me? Sit. All right. All right, I'll sit. Sit down, Hermie. <gasps> Come on. That's a nice ghost. Go on. <sighs> sit down, Hayden. I don't care to sit down, sir. Do as you're told. Sit down. Confound it, sir. Do you know that I am the president of the Rutan Asquan Railway Company? I wouldn't care if you're the president of the National League. Sit down. <sighs> now we're all going to stay right here till that telephone rings, and I get word that Miss Norton is safe and sound in Rutan. That may mean three hours, or that may mean six hours. We're all going to stay right here together, no matter how long it takes. So get comfortable and sit as easy as you can. <sighs> so, you tried to cross me, eh? Chances are I kill you for this, Max. I'm afraid I made a mistake bringing you up here, Governor. You're always making mistakes, you blockheaded fool. I'm sorry, Myra. I'm sorry I got you into this. Oh, Myra, I'm so sorry I got you into this. Oh, shut your mouth. I've heard all I want to hear from you. I hope you're all sent to prison for life. Probably <laughs> will. <laughs> this is going to be a nice, pleasant little party. I can see that right now. Two o'clock. We've been sitting here for over 20 minutes already. Say, Hermie, you better put a little log on that fire. I think someone ought to say something. Come on, let's start a conversation. Things are getting awfully dull. This is all nonsense. I refuse to stay here another minute. Sit down, Hayden. 
I'm very sorry to inconvenience you this way. But it's altogether necessary that you should stay here and keep us company. So sit down before I shoot you down. That's a good little president. That's it. Now, let me see. What can we talk about to kill the monotony and keep things sort of lively? I have it. Let's tell each other where we got our keys to Baltate. What do you think of that idea? No. Well, I'll stop the ball rolling. Then perhaps we'll all fess up. I brought a letter from the woman who owns the inn to the caretaker, giving him instructions to turn the key over to me. That's how I got mine. Next. No. Big secret, eh? <laughs> By George. That's funny. Let's see. How many keys are there? I had the first. Bland had the second. Miss Norton had the third. Our friend the ghost had the fourth. This young lady had the fifth. And if I'm not mistaken, you had the sixth key, Mr. Cargan. <laughs> Hayden doesn't count. He had Bland's key. Six keys to Baltate so far. I wonder if there's any more. There are seven keys to Baltate. Seven? How do you know? The old man told me the day before he died, mine's the original. All the others are imitations. Seven keys, eh? More company expected? More melodrama, I suppose? Where'd you get your key, Bland? None, None of your damn, damn business! <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. How about you, Mr. Cargan? Perhaps you'd be good enough to throw some light on the key subject. Where did you get yours? Wouldn't tell you if life at stake. Well, perhaps this young lady will be good enough to inform me where her key came from. I've no objections. Myra, please. Max gave the key to me. Where did you get key to Baldpate? I can't tell you, Mr. Mayor. I've sworn never to tell. I suppose he also gave you combination to safe. He did. Myra! Oh, shut up. You never were anything but a crybaby. You've got me into a pretty mess. Do you think I'm going to sit here like a fool and not pay you back when I've got the chance to do it? I'll tell you the whole scheme. I was to come here and make off with the package, and Cargan was to follow later and find it gone. We were to meet tomorrow morning and divide the money equally. Rodent! His excuse to Cargan for the disappearance of the money was going to be to accuse Bland of never having put it in there. What? Sit down, Bland. What? Do you hear that, Governor? He was gonna accuse me of stealing the money! Mark my words, Max. I kill you for this! Where did you get your key to ball pay, Cargan? You told me you couldn't get in here unless I met you and unlocked the door. I can explain that. He was to meet you here tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, am I right? That's right. I made the appointment over the phone. Well, the plan was to steal in here in the dead of night and take the money. He fully intended to keep his appointment here tomorrow morning, however, and appeared just as much surprised as you would have been when you discovered the safe empty and the package gone. In other words, he was going to cross not only you, but Hayden and everyone else connected to the bribe. He tried to cross you, Bland and Lumax tried to double-cross Cargan, <laughs> and if I hadn't have been interrupted by our friend here, I'd have gotten that money and triple-crossed the whole outfit. What? Yes, that was my intention. Scruples are a joke when one's dealing with crooks. Who's crook? Sit down, Cargan. Don't you think I stand to be accused? Sit down, I tell you. I'm the school teacher here. Be a good little mare and sit down. Uh. <laughs>
Why, you're not even clever, Crooks. You trusted Max, and Max trusted me. Ha. A fine chance either one of you would have had if I'd have gotten a hold of that money. Who is this woman, Bland? I don't know. Her name is Thornhill. Don't believe words she says, Hayden. Her oath not worth nickel. She's a professional blackmailer, pure and simple. Is this true, Miss Thornhill? Hmm. <laughs> well, I never heard of a pure and simple blackmailer, have you? As far as my word is concerned, I fancy it will carry about as much weight as a crooked politician or <gasps> his man Friday, whom he knows to be an ex-convict. What? Sit down, Maxie. But it's just getting good. Fine people you've introduced me to, you lump-headed idiot. Well, what are you blaming me for? You wanted the deal put through, didn't you, Hayden? After this, you can do your own crooked work. I'm not anxious to get mixed up in a thing of this kind. You got a fine nerve to go after me. How dare you talk to your employer in such a manner? Oh, sound! What? You think I care for this job? I told you to stay out of the deal, that it was wrong. You know very well enough that it's only cheating the city of rootin' out of its rights. If this thing ever comes to light, we're all lucky if we don't spend five or six years in a stone yard. I tell you right now, if it comes to a showdown, I'm gonna make a clean breast of the whole affair. I don't care who I sends away, neither. So long as I can save myself, you needn't think you can get me in a fix like this and think I'll keep my mouth shut. No, sir. I'm gonna tell the truth, and I don't care who suffers, so long as I gets away. <laughs> One of our best little squealers. Well, you squealed, didn't you, sweetheart? Oh, sure. I'm with you, cutie. I'm gonna holler my head off over the place. So you tried to cross me, eh, Max? Certainly I tried to cross you. Why shouldn't I? You're around crossing everybody, ain't you? I've stood for your loud talk long enough, Cargan. I've been wanting to call you out for the last two years. You're a great big bluff. That's all you are. And I'm gonna get even for you for that punch you took at me. Now you shoot any more of that killing stuff at me, and I'll go after you like a wild bear. You're never gonna kill anybody. You haven't got the nerve. But I have. And the next bluff you make at me will be your last. It's your fault I'm mixed up in this affair. And the best thing you can do is get me clean away. Do you understand? You didn't think you were going to get that franchise for 200000 did you, Hayden? Why, this man would have bled you for half a million before the bill went through. And then held you up for hush money besides. I know what I'm talking about. He is going to rob you, Hayden. And I dare him to call me a liar. Karg, is it true that you were going to rob me of this money? Well... If you want to know, duh, is what I was going to do, rob you, just what you deserved. You were trying to rob City, weren't you? You're just as much thief as I am. If I am crook, it's your kind made me so. You and your rotten money, tempting men to lie and steal. Big corporations such as yours are cause of corrupt politics in this country. And you're just the kind of sneak that helps build prisons that are filled with poor devils that do your dirty work. You are worse than crook. You are maker of crooks. But I promise you, Hayden, that if I go up for this, 
You'll go with me. It's your fault I entered into this thing. And boja moi, I'll get even, even if I have to lie on Bible and swear your life away. Rob you. Ha! You got a lot of gall to yell about being robbed. You have. I hope the prison catches fire and you're all burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my suggestion was to start a conversation, not a rough house. This woman who took the money, who is she? A newspaper reporter. On the Daily Star. That sheet has fought me ever since I come into office. They got me this time, sure. How much longer are you going to keep us here? That's for the telephone to say. I'll release you as soon as I'm sure Miss Norton is safe and sound in Rooten. Then you're not going to turn us over to the police? Certainly not. Why should I? All right. Because there are a lot of crooks. Oh, how I'd love to be on the jury. <laughs> Sit down, Hermie. I need a little target practice. And remember, there's no law against killing ghosts. There's no train to Rooten till 5 o'clock. That means we must stay here till 6? I'm afraid so. Unless they make it by automobile from Ascalon. It means several hours at the best. So you might as well be patient. You've got a long wait. <sighs> Me for my beauty sleep. Good night. She couldn't have made it as quick as that. It's over an hour by automobile. Answer that phone, please, Miss Thornhill. I'm going to keep looking straight ahead of me tonight. Hurry, please. Give me the message as you get it, and I'll tell you what to say if it requires an answer. Hello? Yes, Bald paid in. Yes, I know who you mean. Just a moment. Someone wants to talk to you. Get the name. Hello? Who is this, please? Oh, yes. Very well. I'll tell him. Miss Norton. Say that it is impossible for me to turn my back long enough to come to the phone, and that you will take the message and repeat it to me as you get it. It is impossible for him to turn his back long enough to come to the phone. You are to give me the message, and I am to repeat it to him as I get it. You're talking from the commercial house in Ascalon. You missed the package of money five minutes ago. You either dropped it in the inn before you left, or lost it while hurrying down the mountain. Search the inn thoroughly. Ask him whether or not you should notify the police. You're nearly crazy and don't know which way to turn. Just a moment. Well, what shall I say? Hmm. Say hold the wire. Hold the wire, please. The money's lost! Spaceba Bosch! Bye bye evidence! <laughs> Who ever heard of losing $200,000? Can't be done outside of Wall Street. Surest thing you know, Myra's holding out. You're a quick thinker, Miss Thornhill. Why, what do you mean? That I don't believe you got the message at all. Very well. She's on the wire. See for yourself. Hmm. Come here, Hermie. My name's not Henry. My name's Peters. Well, whatever it is, come here. I know you don't like anybody in this room better than I do, so I'm going to take a chance on you. Take this gun and guard that door until I get this message. Are you crazy? And you'll kill the first man or woman that makes a move. Do you understand? I'd like to kill them all! Don't shoot unless you have to. Hello? Cargan, I got you at last. Got it, you haven't got a chance. What do you think of that, Peters? <laughs> so, you wanted to take shot at me, eh? Oh. Get up! 
Put them both in the room where he put us and lock the door. They can make a getaway from the window, Coggin. I did so myself. There's a linen closet up there, no window. Put them in there. What's the idea, Cargan? Oh, go on. I'm the school teacher now. Do as you are told. <laughs> Get on phone, Miss Thornhill, and tell woman not to notify police. Say she is to return here at once and see what she says. Hello? Yes. Well, the message is that you are not to notify the police of the loss. Say nothing to anyone. But return here at once. That is the message. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. As quick as she can get here, so she says. What are you going to do, Cargan? Never mind. I'm running things now. Get in there. You harm that girl. Get your floss out of my life. I ain't read that kind of talking books. I write those kind of books, but I'm talking real right now. Go on, get in there. Yeah. Now, what's the move, Cargan? We're going to get that money if she's got it on her. You don't think she's fool enough to bring it back with her if she's trying to get away with it, do you? What are you going to do with it if you find it on her, Cargan? Well, keep it, of course. It's my money! Oh, our arrangement holds good. You people will get franchised, don't worry. Why? You just openly declared that you were going to rob me of the money. Of course, because I was mad clean through. Wasn't I being accused right and left? I didn't mean word I said, Hayden. I don't even know what I said. What do you think, Bland? Don't ask me. You bawled me out once tonight. Well, That's enough. I haven't forgotten what you said to me, Mr. Max. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to remember it all your life. I wouldn't care if you had six guns on you. Cut out that wild talk. I ain't gonna listen to it anymore. Why, you're nothing but a cheap coward, Cargan. So, Myra, you tried to double-cross me, eh? Why, certainly. Who are you? Why, you are... Hey, here, wait a minute, Max. No hitting women while I'm around. Maybe you want some of it. Why, I... <laughs> Now behave yourself! The same speech you just made for Cargan goes for me, Max! I want you to cut out of this wild talk. I'm not gonna listen to any more of it. I'll put you on your back if Gentlemen. you make another bluff at me! Gentlemen! You stay out of this, Hayden! You'll get all you're looking for if you don't! Put it down! Put it down, do you hear me? What do you mean by raising your hand to me? Why, for two pins, I'd take and wipe up the floor with you. I can whip a whole army of cowards like you. Now get away from me. Get away from me before I knock you down. <sighs> now, madam, what do you mean by claiming to be my wife? I demand an explanation. Now let me tell you something, old man. You can scare these three little boys, but I don't want you to annoy me because I've got a nasty temper. So go on and get away before I lose it. Get away from safe, Max. What are you doing there? Hey. Oh, you needn't be afraid. I ain't going to do anything. Uh, I only... Ah! What? Uh, what's the matter, Max? Have you gone crazy? You're in for it. Is she hurt? I couldn't help it. It was it was an accident. You, I didn't mean it, I tell you. What's wrong down there? What's happening? Poor 
Put out the lights! Anything serious, Bland? You're a good shot, Max. You got her all right. Oh, no. Don't say that. It can't be possible. It's all over. Myra's gone. But oh. I didn't mean it. I tell you, it, it was an accident. You lie! I saw you take aim. So did I. No, no, no. Please don't say that. It isn't so. I, before heaven, I swear it was an accident. Shh, shh, shh. Tell me what the matter is down there. Everything's all right. Nothing's wrong. I know better. Open this door. Give, give, give me a hand, Cargan. We gotta get her out of here. Where do you mean? Oh, God. Up in that room. I didn't mean it. I tell you, I'm innocent. Well, I wouldn't harm a fly. Keep quiet, you fool. Do you want the world to hear you? What happened? She's uh, fainted. That's all. Where are you taking her? You keep out of this young fellow if you know what's good for you. Who fired that pistol shot? It was an accident. Shut up! See here, Hayden. If there's anything wrong here, you can't afford to be mixed in it. You're too big a man. I didn't mean to kill her. I'm not responsible. It was an accident. Oh, we have a murder case on our hands. Is that it? I don't know, but whatever it is, we're all in this thing together. We must frame a story and stick to it. Do you understand? No, yeah. I don't understand. We must claim suicide. That's it. She uh. killed herself. I was an eyewitness. She killed herself. <laughs> Do you think I'd enter such a dastly scheme? No. If it's murder, there's the murderer, self-confessed. But you're all as guilty as this man, every one of you. It's the outcome and results of rotten politics and greed. I'll swear to every word that has been uttered here tonight. I've had my ear against the crack of that door for the last five minutes. I've overheard every word that passed between you. I'll tell the story straight from the shoulder. You can't crawl out of it, gentlemen, with your suicide alibi. It's murder in the first degree, and I'm gonna help make you pay the penalty. Ha 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 ha. I'm afraid you are wrong, young fellow. I am sorry for you. From bottom of heart, I pity you. She's dead. You killed her all right, McGee. And her plead insanity, old man. It's the only chance you've got. Bad business, this carrying guns. Who was the woman? Your wife? <laughs> no, no, gentlemen. You can't get away with it. It's good melodrama, but it's old stuff. I know every trick of the trade. I've written you by the yard. You can't intimidate me. I won't be third degree. You work very well together, but it's rough work, and it isn't going to get you anything. Besides, you forgot. I have a witness in Peters, the hermit. Uh, 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 get her, Bland. Uh, Bring uh, her down. Uh, uh, you make me do everything. Well, you're big and strong, not too bright. <laughs> She's gone. Gone? Where? I don't know. She probably found a way. She knows this place way better than we do, Cargan. Uh-uh. I saw you when you fired. You shot to kill. I tried to knock the gun out of your hand, but I was too late. I didn't witness the shooting myself, but I turned just in time to grab you before you got away. But you shouldn't have choked her. That was the brutal part of it. Yeah. Why, you dog I oughta... Who's there? Open this door in the name of the law. The police. Keep quiet. You better let him in, Cargan. I'll unlock the door. No, you don't. I'll attend to it. Here, wait a minute. I'll take that key. 
I'll take that gun I saw you stick in your pocket, too. What authority have you? Close your trap. I'm Chief Kennedy of the Asquewan Falls Police Headquarters. That's my authority. He's all right, Chief. Uh, he's all right. Where's the light switch? Up there to your left. Oh, hello, Mr. Mayor. What are you doing here? Uh, I can explain all that. That man, Max, has a gun on him also. Max. Who are you? I'll tell you who I am at the proper time and place. You better get on your job quick here, Chief. There's something to doing. Two of these men are carrying weapons, and two of them also have keys to that door. I'm telling you this to prevent a getaway. What are you trying to do? Run the police department? This isn't an important case, Chief. Thousands of dollars are involved, and a crime committed besides. I advise placing every man in this room under arrest immediately. What's this all about, Mr. Mayor? Oh, he's four-flushing, Chief. He's stalling for chance to break away. Ah, uh, don't be afraid. I got men outside. Nobody will get away. Hmm. Lou Max, eh? Chief? Quite a crowd of celebrities. You got a gun? What are you toting this for, Max? <laughs> Any guns on you, young fella? I'm clean, Chief. Well, I'm sorry to trouble you, Mr. Mayor, but I'm about to relieve you of that hardware. Oh, yeah. And the key, too, please. Yeah, here. See, I came up here to investigate, and I gotta do my duty. There's nothing on me. No need to search. Well, who's got the other key? He says there were two. That gentleman. Oh, hello, Mr. Hayden. Huh. That's a real highbrow affair, isn't it? Well, come on, somebody open up. What's the big gathering all about? He's got a key. Make him give it up. Come on, young fella. You got anything more to say? I prefer to tell my story in the presence of witnesses. I insist upon the immediate rest of everyone in here, myself included. Don't mind him, Chief. He's a madman. Crazy. Well, somebody telephoned police headquarters from here about two hours ago. And when we got the wire central, they said they hung up. So we got a new connection. And we asked if they called, and some woman said no, it was a mistake. Well, we got to thinking over at headquarters, and it didn't listen good. So we looked it up and found out the call had been put in from Ball Paid Inn. So I made up my mind to come up here and investigate. Now, when I started up that mountain ten minutes ago... The lights were on full blast. Then all of a sudden they went out. And there was a pistol shot too. Every one of my men heard the report. And we all agree it came from this direction. Now what's it all about? Twas I who called police headquarters. You? The sergeant said it was a woman's voice on the wire. That was the second time when you called. But I tried to get to you first. What for? I don't intend to tell my story until I'm under oath. I want every word I say to go on court records. I charge these men with conspiracy and murder. What is this, Coggin? Oh, poor devil's gone mad. He shot and killed woman a few minutes ago. He's accused every man here of crime. Murder, eh? Yes, cold-blooded murder. Right. Well, who was the woman you shot? Don't let these men get away with this, Chief. I can prove my innocence. There's the real murderer. These men know it as well as I do. They're accusing me in an attempt to save their own necks. They're afraid to tell the truth because this man is a squealer, and they know that a confession from him of the schemes to steal the right-of-way of the streetcar and franchise in Rudin will send them all to the state penitentiary. I can prove why I'm here tonight. Ask these men their reasons for being here, and let's hear what they have to say. Well, he's been raving like that for ten minutes, Chief. What's your reason for being here, young fella? <laughs> well, I came here to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He's a lunatic, sure. Who was the woman that telephoned the headquarters? Miss Norton of the Rootin' Star. The Rootin' Star, eh? 
Is she the woman that was killed, Mr. Mayor? No, her name is Thornhill. Where is she? In one of rooms upstairs. Was there anyone else here besides you people? Yes, Peter's the hermit. <laughs> Another crazy, eh? But she's disappeared. Well, she won't go far. We got the house surrounded. I'm going to look over the ground before I send for the corner. He won't be here till about 7 or 8. You people have to stay here till he comes. What room is she in? I'll show you, Chief. And take my tip and don't try to get away, young fella. One of those cops outside will blow your head off if you do. <laughs> you needn't be afraid. I'm going to stay right here. And I'm going to make sure these other men do it so we're all taken into custody. It's a sad case, Chief. Yeah, we're used to that. They generally go out of their minds after they shoot. Where is she? In here, Chief. I carried the body from that room through the secret passage to the cellar. What? I heard them accuse you of the crime. They'll never find the secret passage. <laughs> and they'll never find the body. <laughs> what did you do that for, you fool? What's this? This place is haunted. This is gift by the window. How could a dead woman jump from the window, Max? Besides, the windows were closed. Say, what are you fellas trying to do? String me? You know I was born and brought up in New York City. Even if I do live in Ascalon Falls. I can't understand it at all. She was in room ten minutes ago, Chief. I'll take a solemn oath on that. I'm going insane. Say, what the devil is this all about? If you people think you're going to make a practical joke out of me, you're mistaken. I won't stand for it. Now come on, what's the answer? It's no joke, Chief. There has been a murder committed here. Then where's the victim? In the cellar. What? what? In the cellar? If I'm not mistaken, that's where she was taken after the murder. You lie. You know she was taken to that room. You sauce carrier in there. Of course he did. What are you trying to do, young fella? Try me in the cellar? I tell you, Chief. You'll find the victim in the cellar. Then you can judge for yourself if I'm as crazy as these men claim me to be, or if they all of a sudden gone mad themselves. Well, I'll get the bottom of this pretty quick. Murray, search the cellar of this place and report to me here what you find. Every nook and corner. And don't leave a thing unturned, you understand? I understand, Chief. No problem at all. Every nook, uh, every corner. I know what a corner is. I'll uh, have to find out what a nook is on my way down, I suppose. Yes, yeah, so every nook and corner. Hurry up. No problem. All right, if this thing turns out to be a practical joke, you're all land in jail for it. I'm not going to be made the laughing stock of Asquan Falls. I'll tell you that right now. Hello. Who's this? Miss Norton. I'll take that key, please. Why are the police here? <laughs> it's all right. Who is this woman, Bland? She claims to be a newspaper reporter. She's a thief. She stole a package of money. Whose money? My money. Oh, my money. It's bribe money, Chief. Where is the money? The money's been lost. What? Say, what the deuce are your people trying to do to me anyway? Where did you lose it? I don't know. Somewhere between here and Asquan, I searched every inch of the way from the bottom of the mountain to the top. It's gone, I'm afraid. Where is Mrs. Rhodes? Oh, she became too hysterical to return. I left her at the commercial house in Asquan. How much money was it? 
$200,000. Come on, cut out the kid and stuff. How much was it? That was the exact amount the package contained, Chief. $200,000. Where'd you get this money? I gave it to her. Where'd you get it? From Eric Cargan. Where'd you get the money, Cargan? Uh, uh, he took it from that safe. How'd you open the safe, Cargan? Didn't open safe. Who did? Peters the Hermit. Who put the money in the safe? Bland, that man to your right. Where did you get the money put in the safe, Bland? From Mr. Hayden. Is this true, Mr. Hayden? I refuse to answer on fear of incriminating myself. Well, what do you know about this, Max? Don't ask me. I don't know. My brain's on fire. I'm going mad. <laughs> Hayden gave the money to Bland. Bland put the money in the safe. Peters opens the safe. Cargan takes the money from Peters. This fella here took the money and gave it to the newspaper reporter who loses it in the mountains. Then somebody killed a woman and the corpse just got up and walked away? Do you expect me to believe this bunk, do you? What does he mean by saying that somebody killed a woman? Don't worry, it's all right. Come on, come on, go on, get in there. That's all we can find in the cellar, Chief. No dead bodies or packages of money? No, Chief, nothing else. She was right in that nook. Oh, Ozzo. Oh, it's you, isn't it, Peters? So this is where you hide, eh? In the cellar at Ballpate. Well, you have a nice room in the county jail tomorrow. Go on, get over there. Murray. Yeah, Chief. Murray, guard the outside and question anyone who passes up or down the mountain. The outside, Chief? Yes, the outside, Murray. You'll have to step upstairs, miss. I got a lot to say to these men here, and I'm not particularly about my language when I'm on the case. So come on, step upstairs. I don't believe this girl lost the money, Chief. Well, we'll have the matron of the jail here have her searched. If she's got anything on her, we'll get it. Go in one of those rooms until I call you. Who is this woman, this girl she said she left at the commercial house? Mrs. Rhodes. She's all right. How do we know, Cargan? Maybe they're working it together. Enough, Bland. Well, I'll call up the commercial house and see if she's there. Hello? Get me 35 cents real quick. Ring me when you get it. What's her name again? Mrs. Rose. Ah! Oh. What's the matter? She's dead! Someone's killed her! Who? Bring the body back up into the room? Oh, isn't that what you wanted me to do? No, you blithering <laughs> idiot! Tell me who did this! It's alright! It's alright, take it easy. Say, what are you people trying to do to me? Go on downstairs where you belong! Don't touch that phone! I'll answer it. Is this dump haunted or is the joke on me? Hello? Yes, I called you. Say, listen, Charlie, this is Chief Kennedy talking. Is there a woman there by the name of Rhodes? She was. She did, eh? How long ago? I see. What's that? She asked you to mine a package for her until she got back? Where you have you got it? In the safe? Say, listen, Charlie, call headquarters right away and get a man over there. Give him that package and tell him to bring it up the ball paid in as quickly as he can. You understand? Never mind. You do as I tell you. And listen, tell him to guard the garage and the depot and put all strangers under arrest. Men and women. 
I know what I'm doing, Charlie. You take orders from me. And listen, get the coroner on the phone and tell him to get up to Bulbade Inn in a rush. This case is for him. Don't lose any time now. Keep your mouth shut and get busy. She left the hotel about a quarter hour ago. She put the package in the hotel safe before she went. <laughs> Somebody kills a woman and the victim disappears and then comes back? That's pretty good stuff. How do you account for this? She, she must have stolen the money from me as we were running down the mountain. They've got somebody. Well, what is it? It's a, it's a woman. Shoot her in. Well, here comes the bird, I guess, to try to fly away with the coin. What is the meaning of this? That's what I'm trying to find out. Is there any trace of the money? Are you going to have these women searched, Chief? Maybe it won't be necessary. We'll wait until we see what's in the package he left at the commercial house. Oh, no you don't, lady. Nobody leaves here until this whole thing has been cleared up and I find out who killed that woman. Killed a woman? What does it mean? You stole the money from me, didn't you? I'll never trust another woman as long as I live. They're no good. They never were. Shut up. But what do you got to say for yourself, missus? Uh, 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 yes, I did steal the money. But I did it for you, Jim Cargan. I knew that if the story was ever made public, you would be a ruined man. I knew the package of money was the evidence that would convict you. And I intended to return it to Mr. Hayden and try to kill off the bribe and save you from disgrace. Mm -hmm. I did all of this because I thought you cared. And what is my reward? You stand there ready to turn against me, to condemn me. Very well, now I'll turn. Right. Officer, mm -hmm. these men have bargained to cheat the city of Luton, oh. and I demand their arrest on the charge of conspiracy. It's a lie. It's the truth, Chief, the absolute truth. This young lady and I will testify against these men and prove them guilty of conspiracy and murder. Murder? What do you got to say to this, Mr. Cargan? Nothing at all. I'm through. So am I. I can't stand this any longer. I'm going mad. I want you to know the real truth. No. Twas I who killed the woman upstairs. I shot her down like a dog. I know that I haven't got a chance, but I don't want to be sent to the chair. I'll confess. I'll tell the truth. I'll turn state's evidence. Anything. Don't let him kill me. Get up. Come on. You're going to have to wear these handcuffs, young fella. Well, here we go. What are we going to do, Cargan? No less than ten years, I'm afraid. Oh. Go on, Max. Get on over there. Oh, Mary. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, I, I didn't understand, but I do now. <laughs> and you came here to write a book, eh? That was the original idea. You know, I don't know if you people are kidding me or not. They got somebody. Well, what now? Package brought to you by the police messenger. He says it's from the commercial house. Tell the messenger to hurry back, Marie. And tell the coroner to hurry up. Say, before I open this thing, I want to tell you something. If this turns out to be a bunch of cigar coupons, I'm going to smash somebody, sure. I won't stand to be strung, even if I am a small-town cop. Great Scott! 
this a real thing? How much you say was in here? Two hundred thousand dollars. I'll take that money, please. It belongs to me. No, it belongs to me. You hold on to that money, Chief. It's the only real evidence we have of bribery. <laughs> Go away! You need to tell me what to do. I know my business. Hello? Turn it in. Get me 13th Central. Hello, is this you, Jane? Yeah. This is the Chief. I want to talk to my wife. What? Hello, hello, Betty. Betty? Listen, Betty. Betty. Get this clear. Get some things together and get the children ready. And take the five o'clock train to New York. Oh, Never mind now. Listen. When you get there, look up the railroads and get on the first and quickest train that goes to Montreal. 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 I'll be there waiting for you Thursday morning. What? Don't ask a lot of questions. Do as I tell you. What? What are we gonna do there? We're gonna live there. Montreal. I don't know. How do you spell Montreal? Read a book. Listen, go to Canada. Any part of it. I'll find you. What? Never mind the furniture. We're going to live in a palace. Canada. That's all. You do as I tell you. What do you think you're going to do? <laughs> you heard me, didn't you? I'm going to Canada. <laughs> You mean you're gonna steal that money? <laughs> Why wouldn't I steal from a gang of crooks like this? It's one chance in a lifetime to get this much money. You don't suppose I'm gonna pass it up when I got it right here in my kick, do ya? Not me. I'm gonna have a great time for the rest of my life and send my two boys to college. Do you imagine we're gonna stand by and let you get away with it? This gun says oh. yes, that's exactly what you're gonna do. All right, all right. I'm gonna have my men keep you here all night until I get a good start. Let's go! Let me go, you hear? Let me go! No, you don't, Hargis! It's my money! Give me that money! <laughs> I'm a raving maniac. I just arrived, Billy. I'm motored from New York. I expected to find you alone. Who are these people? How did they get in here? Have they disturbed you in your work? How are you getting on with the story? How am I getting on? Great heavens, woman, to what sort of place did you send me? Nothing but crooks, murderers, ghosts, pistol shots, policemen, and dead people walking about the halls. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And keys. And keys. And keys! You win. I lose. 24 hours. Why, well, I couldn't write a book in 24 years in a place like this. What a man it has been! I'm not gonna hold you to the wager, Billy. I just want you to know that it isn't real. What isn't real? 
I'm not a real widow. I'm not a real politician. And I'm not a real policeman. I'm not a real hermit, and I've never been jilted in love. And I'm not a real president. And that wasn't real money that was actually burned. And these handcuffs aren't real either. And I'm not a real whore. Are you real, Mary? Not a real newspaper uh, reporter. I mean a real girl. That's for you to find out. Well, for heaven's sakes, don't keep me in the dark. Explain. Tell me what this all means. It means, old boy, that I wanted to prove to you how perfectly improbable and terrible those awful stories you've been writing would seem if such things really and truly happened. I left New York an hour ahead of you today. I got to Rooten at 9 o'clock tonight. Went directly to the Empire Theater. Told the manager of our bet. Framed the whole plan. Engaged the entire stock company. Hired half a dozen autos, shot over to Asquin after the performance, and we arrived at the top of the mountain at exactly 12 o'clock. Since then, you know what's happened. I've been watching the proceedings from outside, and if it were not for the fact that I'm nearly frozen stiff, I'd call it a wonderful night. <laughs> you did this to me? <laughs> oh, you're not mad, are you? Of course, if you want to go through with the bet, why... No, thanks. The bet is off. I've had enough of Ballpage. Meet for the commercial house until the train is ready to start. Is your real name Mary? Yes. Well, Mary, the shots in the night, the chases after fortune, and all the other melodrama may be wrong. But will you help prove to this woman that there really is such a thing as love at first sight? How can I do that? Don't you know? Well, you don't want me to say it, do you? Remember your promise, Mary. I didn't think we'd find you alive. The only difference between me and a real live one is that I'm tired, hungry, and half dead. Uh, how'd that, how, how'd you come out? Did you finish your book? Allow me. Oh, oh, what do you think of that, mother? Wrote all that in 24 hours. Just made it. Finished work a couple minutes ago. Were you disturbed at all? Never heard a sound. No ghosts? <laughs> Nary a ghost, Mrs. Quimby. <sighs> Except for those concealed in the manuscript. Hmm? How about the Ascawan hotels? I'd like to get a bath and a bite to eat before I take that train. Well, there's the commercial house. The commercial house? That's strange. I guess the name. How? I've got it in the story. What's it mean, Lige? Damned if I know. <laughs> the missus has got a fine breakfast waiting for you up at our house. And a nice feather bed for you to take a nap in. The train don't go to five. And all the drummers say the hotel's rotten. Well, I'm tired. Me for breakfast in a feather bed. Some wild woolly scenes have been enacted here in this room since you left last night, Mrs. Oh. Quimby. Oh, what happened? Nothing really. Just in the story. What's he mean, Lodge? How do I know? There's Vicky She's pretty near on top. Uh, 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 will I talk to her? Of course, that's the idea. Oh. Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> 
Miss Bentley? Yes, ma'am, I got it right here. Two minutes ago, ma'am. Well, I, I, I'll have to find out. Wait a minute. Uh, what's the name of the story? It's typewritten on the cover. Mm. Seven Keys to Baldpate. Oh, <clears throat> Seven keys to Baldpate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> she says there's only one. Hello? Uh, hello? Yeah. Uh, what, ma'am? Wait, well, wait, I'll see. Oh, uh, you want to talk to her? No. Yes, just a minute. Hello? Hello, Haley? I'm going to collect that $5,000 from you, Haley. Yes, some title, isn't it? And say, some story. Wild, terrible, horrible melodrama as usual. The kind of stuff you always roast me about. Treat as a joke. However, this time, and say, Haley, listen, I've got you in the story. Yes, really. Oh, I didn't mention your name or anything. And say, I'm in the story, too. Oh. I'm the hero. Say, Haley, this thing's gonna sell over a million copies. The what? The critics? <laughs> I don't care about the critics. This thing is, this is the thing the public wants. Yes, I'll meet you at the 44th Street Club at 2.30 tomorrow. Goodbye now. How did you like my story, folks? Seven Keys to Baldpate is a co-production of the Playhouse Performers and Radio Boise. Engineering by Speedy Gray. Post-production by Wayne Burt, Robert Shields, and Tim Schmidt. Music is Little Lily Swing by Tri Tachyon. You've been listening to Stray Theater. 